This is More Than Conquerors with your Bible teacher, Pastor Ray Hagestilianos. As a teaching pastor for more than 35 years, Pastor Ray's heart and vision is simply to build up God's army, enabling them to stand strong in their faith. As the senior pastor at Living Word Christian Church in White Plains, New York, Pastor Ray will challenge you today to begin your walk in integrity and victory, forever changing your life as transformed by the power of God. More Than Conquerors is supported by the generous gifts of listeners like you. You can find us online by going to livingwordchurch.org. We serve an awesome God. In his first six-day lesson of encouragement in his series entitled, Everything's Possible for Our God of the Impossible, Pastor shows us how awesome God really is with the revelation that we serve a God of such power that there's nothing beyond his ability to accomplish, for he truly is the God of the impossible. Retelling stories of some of the most powerful miracles ever recorded, Pastor Ray illustrates Bible truths that can change our very destiny if, when even having a little in faith, we start where we are, use what we have, and do what we can. In answer to our faith, God will then be with us when we start, bless us and multiply what we have, and do those things that we can't. In facing even life's most overwhelming challenges, Pastor reminds us that we serve a God of abundance and that everything is possible for our God of the impossible. So today I want to get into this story. Last week we looked at the prophet Elisha with a widow who had just a little bit of oil and we saw that she did something with it and uh, she created a lot of oil, or she didn't, but the miracle of God came, came upon what she used and it brought forth a big miracle and she was able to fill all those vessels and she sold the oil all by the instruction and the wisdom that she got through the man of God and, uh, you know, man of God, the prophet, who was acting in God's behalf giving her instruction, she was able to create all that oil or have all that oil created and she was able to sell it and pay off all her debt and she was debt free and she lived on the balance of that money for we don't know how long but apparently for a very, very long time, all right? So it pays to obey God. Would you all agree with me? It pays, pays to obey God, all right? So today we want to look at another prophet and this is the prophet Elijah. Last week was Elisha, this week is Elijah and he had an interaction with a widow woman too. I don't know what it is about widow women and prophets and, and God doing all these miracles, but pretty powerful. And there's some unbelievable teaching, beautiful teaching within the verses of chapter 17. So we want to go to 1 Kings chapter 17. And this kind of fits in with, we're talking about doing the impossible. And um, so I want to, uh, I think we'll read it through and then we'll go back verse by verse and make some comments along the way. So everyone gets the full important understanding of the, of the story. And um, chapter 17, verse 1, says, And Elijah the Tishbite of the inhabitants of Gilead said to Ahab, As the Lord God of Israel lives before whom I stand, there shall not be dew nor rain uh, these years except at my word. Then the word of the Lord came to him saying, get away from here and turn eastward and hide in the brook Cherith, which flows into the Jordan. And it will be uh, that you shall drink from the brook and I have commanded ravens to feed you there. So he went and he did according to the word of the Lord for he went and stayed by the brook Cherith and that flows in the Jordan. The ravens brought him bread and meat in the morning and bread and meat in the evening. And he drank from the brook. And it happened after a while that the brook dried up because there had been no rain in the land. 
Then the word of the Lord came to him saying, Arise, go to Zarephath, which belongs to Sidon, and dwell there. See, I have commanded a widow there to provide for you. So he arose and went to Zarephath. And when he came to the gate of the city, indeed a widow was there gathering sticks. And he called to her and said, Please bring me a little water in a cup that I may drink. And as she was going to get it, he called to her and said, Please bring me a morsel of bread in your hand. So she said, As the Lord your God lives, (laughs) I do not have bread, only a handful of flour in a bin and a little oil in, in a jar. And see, I am gathering a couple of sticks that I may go in and prepare it for myself and my son that we may eat it and die. How many of you agree with me? She's in an impossible situation. And Elijah said to her, do not fear. Go and do as you have said, but make me a small cake from it first and bring it to me. And afterward, make some for yourself and your son. For thus says the Lord God of Israel, the bin of flour shall not be used up, nor shall the jar of oil run dry until the day the Lord sends rain on the earth. So she went away and did according to the word of Elijah. And she and and he and her household ate for many days. The bin of flour was not used up, nor did the jar of oil run dry, according to the word of the Lord, which he spoke by Elijah. Powerful story. Powerful story. Elijah comes, and obviously we know that God has given him a word to speak. And it was a tough word. He had to go to this big bad king. He's just this little prophet. Because, you know, most of the time people in the world don't respect the people of God. Can I just tell the story? People, government, high places, they, they just put up with us. They don't really respect us. Some do. You know, some, some do, but most of them don't. They know that they have to put up with us because, you know, I guess there's maybe a little sense that they have that if they mess with God, even if they have this much belief in God, they're not willing to fool around with the man of God because it might bring disaster on them. So, so Ahab, uh, I'm sorry, uh, Elijah is raised up by God and he's got to bring this real heavy word. He goes to Ahab and he says, heavens are going to shut up. No rain's going to fall vegetation is going to dry up. There's going to be no food to eat. There's going to be no water to drink. And it's all because of you. He speaks the word and, he, and, the, and, the, and, and it happens thus. Everything starts to shut down. The rain, rain uh, no more rain. Everything starts to dry up. The water, you know, there's no water to, uh, for people to drink. And everything is dry. Now, Elijah is in the middle of this disaster. He calls it and brings it down. And he's stuck in the land in the middle of this disaster. But notice the next thing after he obeyed what God told him to do. Sometimes we're worried about obeying God because we're worried about the consequences. We're worried about what's going to happen if we obey God. Now, don't look at me like that because you all know what I'm talking about. Some of you are still thinking about tithing because you're worried about the consequences. You know, or, or you're worried about getting rid of that, you know, that ungodly relate. Now, I'm not talking marriage relationship. I'm talking about the ungodly boyfriend or girlfriend you have in your life because you're, you're worried about the co- who's ever going to love me. You see, you obey God. First comes obedience. And then right after the obedience came the divine direction. When Elijah obeyed, God began to speak. That's why I say it pays to obey God. It pays to listen and obey and, and, and act properly when God, when you learn something, when God speaks to you through the word of God, you need, to, you need to act on it because that's where you start to get divine direction for your life. When you, see, God's not going to take you to, to step B until you first do step A. This was risky business. He calls a drought on the land. He's living in the land. He put his own life on the line. See, how many of us are willing 
to step out that, that far and that hard on the, on the word of God and the things of God and the command of God. He put his whole life on the line to obey God. He was stuck in the middle of the same disaster that was falling on all of the people around him. He was right there, but nonetheless, he spoke the word, it happened, and when he acted in obedience, God began to give him divine direction because in the mind and the purpose and the will of God, even though there was a disaster in the land, this disaster was not going to affect Elijah. So God says to him, get away from here and turn eastward and hide by the brook Cherith, which flows into the Jordan. And it will be that you shall drink from the brook and I have commanded the ravens to feed you there. So Elijah expressed obedience to doing what God says. He brought a disaster upon the land and upon himself and he was in a tough position. But even though there was a famine breaking out all around him, God had a secret place set aside for him. God has a secret place set aside for you. So the word of the Lord comes and tells him specifically, get away from here and turn eastward. He told him exactly the direction to go in. See, God, when God gives direction, he gives precise, exact directions. Go eastward and hide by the brook. And he tells me, he says, and there's going, to be, there's going to be a brook you're going to drink from, and there are going to be ravens that are going to come every day and bring you food. And then all of a sudden, he wakes up one morning, and no ravens showed up. Came later, but he didn't come on time. A couple of days went by, and the snacks stopped. <laughs> Where are my snacks? I'm getting used to these snacks. I like eating my snacks. They were coming right on time, but the snacks aren't there. Then all of a sudden, he's taking a look at that brook that he's drinking from, and he's saying, that brook's getting pretty low. Doesn't look like anything's flowing back into it. And I would imagine his singing and rejoicing is turned to intercession and prayer now. <laughs> God, what is going on? You told me that I was going to drink from this brook and that you were going to send ravens to feed me and I should not worry. I've, I've done everything that you told me to do. Why are my resources drying up? Change is not a bad thing as, un, as uncomfortable as it may be. As, as uncertain as we are sometimes when we're going through change, for those of us who trust and obey and love God, it's a fabulous season and opportunity for God to show us the new thing that he's going to do in our life. Come on, is anybody with me here today? So Elijah was in this comfortable place and all of a sudden his comfortable place is starting to fall apart right before him. And I'm sure the human side of him is freaking out. Like, God, what are you doing? But I would, also, I would also be certain of this. Because he was a man of God. And he had obeyed up to this point. That that same spirit of obedience you know, rose within him. And he said, God, I don't care that the brook is drying up. I don't care that the ravens are flying away or are not coming anymore. I trust you. I know that there's something you have in store. And when, when Elijah got his attitude and got his heart fixed on God and trusting God, all of a sudden, the word of the Lord came to him a second time. And this is what he said to him this time. He said, the word of the Lord came to him saying, arise and go to Zarephath, which belongs to Sidon, and dwell there. See, I have commanded a widow to provide for you there. And I would imagine the first thing that popped into Elijah's head is, hallelujah, God, I know your voice. You've got a rich widow ready for me. 
and I'm going to walk into this rich. Her husband died. She inherited all kinds of money and she must be rich. And I'm going to, I'm going to be blessed. And that's how you're going to provide for me. I can see it. The rich woman, I'm going to get her right now. It's amazing. It's amazing how we think. It's amazing. Now, now this little verse is so powerful because listen, he says, I've commanded a widow there to provide. So God is speaking to Elijah, but he said he commanded a widow to be ready to receive. And I'm sure when the widow heard from God, because she, she was obviously a godly woman, when the widow heard from the Lord that a preacher was coming, she's saying on this side, hallelujah, a rich preacher is coming. You know, you know those rich preachers. They preach that prosperity gospel and they drive those fancy cars. A rich preacher is coming and that's how God's going to provide for me. I would imagine that this is what's going on on both sides of the story. He thinks that the widow is going to provide for him and she thinks he's going to provide for her, but God is about to bring two unlikely people together and do a major miracle and show them that he is the one that provides. So now, now, now get this point. I, I want you to listen to this because you can, you can fit this into your, into your life. God's speaking to Elijah about a new destination and a new place. Simultaneously, while he's over here, things are drying up, God's speaking to him. Over here, there's this little widow, and God is speaking to her about him who she hasn't even met, who he hasn't even met. You see, when God begins to speak to you about what he is going to do in your life, simultaneously, he's speaking to somebody else somewhere where you do not know about how you and that person are going to cross paths and help each other in the plan and the purposes of God. I can remember some, some years ago when I went through that really difficult time. And I was so depressed. You know, I mean, I bordered on depression because we had worked so hard to get in this building and I lost a whole bunch of really great people and all stupid stuff. That was eons ago, you know, 14 years ago. So that's all way, be, way behind me. But... I'll never forget the lessons that I learned. I had to go and take a little reprieve for a few days just to get my, my head straight because I was really having a difficult time. So I went to a hotel up in Connecticut and I locked myself in a hotel for a couple of days. And I got, just had my Bible and that was it and some clothes. And I ate alone and I mostly ate in the, in the hotel room. And I just spent the time praying, really just praying and seeking God. And I can remember sitting on the couch. I remember exactly where I was sitting on the couch, and I'm crying out to God, God, why all this change? Why is everything changing? I'm losing resources. Elijah, I mean, this is how this story fits, right? I'm losing, I'm comfortable where I am. I'm comfortable with these people. I'm comfortable with the way things are going. Uh, why is all this change happening? They're leaving. They're, go, they're taking their money. They're taking their talents. They're taking their gift. And I'm left here by myself in this lonely place. And as I'm crying out to God, now I'm not one that says, you know, I hear the voice of God, but I'm going to tell you, God spoke to me so powerfully that night. And this is what he said to me. I wrote it down. I, did, I, I ran for paper to write it down because it was so profound. And he said to me, son, I have reinforcements that you do not know about 
they're coming in to minister to you with faith, with faithfulness and diligence. They want to be connected to the spiritual things that you have and not the natural things because one of the things that I, I realize now is back then I had a lot of soulish connections. People, I felt like I had to be everybody's best friend, otherwise they're going to leave my church. I had a fellowship, go out to dinner, do all that, and try to keep people in the church this way. And then there was also probably an immature part of me that just needed this socialization, this social, and try to socialize with everybody and be everybody's friend. Man, I made a grave mistake because what, what happened, you created soul ties and soul connections. They were not in the spirit anymore. These people didn't look to me as their pastor any longer. They looked to me as their friend. And when you look to your pastor solely as your friend, you break the spiritual connection. And when you break the spiritual connection, there's no more anointing flowing. Neither one of you can do well. I can't do well as a pastor. You can't do well as a, as a congregant or a person in that sheepfold. I had to learn that lesson in a very hard way. Very hard way. But I learned that lesson. And I've never forgotten it. Now here's my point. My point is, is that when I was in that room and God was talking to me about reinforcements that I didn't know about, I didn't know where they were coming from. Nobody knew me. Nobody knew this church. Nobody cared about me. A whole bunch of people left. And there was just a few of us left here to try to make things work. Simultaneously, when God was talking to me about reinforcements, God was talking to some of you about a church in White Plains on this hill. So while God was talking to me over there about the change that was going on in my life, God was talking to you about a, a church and a pastor that was waiting here in White Plains to receive you and to love on you and to help you and to connect with you. You see, I'm telling you. I'm telling you, that's the principle of God. You see, when change comes, God is going to talk to you, but God is going to talk to some others that you don't even, so I didn't know any of you. You didn't know me, but God was talking. It was amazing to me in that time how people would just come in the door and say, um, I was just driving by and, and, and something, something just told me to come in. Something? You just might be one of those reinforcements God just told me about, man. You see, it was amazing how people just showed up and people, well, you know, I, I don't know, somebody mentioned at work that there was this church in White Plains and I've been looking for you and I finally found you. See, when God speaks to you about your life and about your destiny and about your future, and what's going on in your life, simultaneously he's speaking to somebody else that's going to come across your path to help you to prosper and to grow. And you're going to help each other. You're going to help each other. See? Because it's mutual. It's a mutual thing. So you see, like, like say for instance, like somebody, you know, like right now you, you need a job. And you're praying, you know, maybe you're losing your job or, in the, or you've lost your job. Well, God is speaking to you. God is saying, it's going to be all right. I'm going to meet your needs. Everything's going to be okay. Well, while God's speaking to you right now, you don't know who it is. You don't know where it is. You don't know when it is. You don't know how it is. But God is speaking to someone that's going to cross paths with you. Uh, uh, 
trying to dig up a story. Somebody just recently told me a story how they went in for a job. They interviewed, interviewed for a job that they so desperately needed that they weren't even qualified for. And the person said to them, the interviewer said, there were a whole bunch of people that we interviewed, but somehow we're selecting you. Even though you're not qualified for the job, we're going to train you and teach you. Because you see, I want to, you see, I'm telling you, this is how God works. This is how God works. So don't ever be afraid of change because if, 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 if you're losing a job or things are drying up, it's, it's just that God is taking you to a brand new place. A, a place that, see now, Elijah was going, to, was going to see something that he'd never seen before. And the story goes on. And the story says, in the story it says that he, he shows up and sure enough, as the Lord had said, he went, uh, verse, verse 10, and he went and went to Zarephath, and when he came to, the, come to the gate, came to the gate, to the city, indeed a widow was there gathering sticks. So it was as God said, but I, I would imagine his first impression was, how is she going to help me? She can't even help herself. I'm looking for food. I'm looking for water. How is she going to help me? She's, she's scavenging sticks. And she, she, look at her. She looks like she hasn't eaten a good meal in, in, in six weeks. How is she going to... Let me tell you what. Let me just teach you something here. Let me teach you something here. God sometimes will use the most unlikely people in your life to bless your life and to help you. That's why, listen, listen to me. Don't ever despise a human being. Do not ever despise a human being because you just never know. And you know what? Sometimes God will even work through sinners. Listen, if he worked through a donkey, he can work through a sinner to get a blessing into your life. Do not ever despise another human being because you just never know who God might use in your life. You know, the world say, don't burn bridges. Because you never know. In this case, here comes, here comes Elijah with this unlikely widow who can't even take care of herself. It's like, where did you bring it? Sometimes you're going to find yourself and they'll be like, God, what is this all about? This, this does not look like it's going to meet my need. Is this who you bring into my life? After all, I want to go back to the brook with the ravens and, and the midday snacks. I, 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 this is where you bring me? I'm going to tell you what, sometimes God will use the most unconventional means to prove who he is and to work a miracle in your life. Wow. See, the impossible is truly possible, isn't it? When God's involved in it. So, so he, uh, and I'm sure, I'm sure the widow woman's thinking the same thing. Where is the rich preacher? This is who you send? He doesn't have a fancy watch. He didn't drive up with a fancy chariot. He doesn't have, he's got dirty feet. He doesn't even have good shoes on. Good sandals. What? This is, God. I'm sure she's thinking the same thing. How, see, don't ever, here, let me give you the flip side. You ready? Ready? Don't ever, you, don't ever despise another human being. Don't ever despise the man of God. Because the man of God that God brings into your life is the very connection to your miracle, to your breakthrough, and to the impossible thing in your life becoming possible. The man of God. 
Tune in again Monday afternoon at 2 for More Than Conquerors. If today's message was a blessing to you, ask for your free CD of the broadcast for a gift of any amount to help support this radio ministry. Just mail your request with your check to More Than Conquerors or MTC, P.O. Box 8187, White Plains, New York, 10602. Be sure to include the date of the message you're requesting. If ordering a complete Bible study series, a minimum love offering of $20 is appreciated. Identify the series and include the word series in your order. Before we go, here's a final word from Pastor Ray. Hello, this is Pastor Ray. I wanted to take a moment from today's broadcast to tell you about a brand new book I've written that's just become available for purchase entitled Discouragement, Doubt, and Compromise. I wrote this book because of after more than 37 years of pastoring, I see too many Christians, both newly saved and those mature in their walk with God, fall victim to a device of the enemy that he has been using against God's people ever since the beginning of time. It's simply a threefold plan of discouragement, doubt, and compromise. I know this material will be a tremendous blessing to you in encouraging and stimulating your faith and helping you to truly be more than a conqueror. Why not go to my website right now and order your copy, PastorRayNY.com. Why not order a copy for a friend as well? That's PastorRayNY.com.